Hey, this is Rachel True, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Why are you, what? Oh, okay, bye, have fun. So Chelsea's 21 now, and uh, she, she's going to hooch it up at, at the local local watering hole, so. Greg. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> she's very, she's very proud of herself too. She was, she had to, she had to open the door to tell me that she was leaving to go hooch it up at the local watering hole. So, congrats, Chelsea. Apparently, hooch it up. yeah. I'm hooch. not from, I'm not from that part of the, the country that says those things. Oh, okay. No, it's just I, we we joke that like she's dressed like a hoochie, like nothing. We also call our long sandwiches hoagies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Or grinders? I don't know what part of the country calls them grinders. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I like I understand like when people list a list of like subs, hoagies, submarine sandwiches, grinders. Like they always end up on the list, and I've yet to meet a human being who's ever actually called it that to me. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. I think it's made up. It's all government conspiracy to conceal who actually killed Hitler. It was Sam Elliott. For um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and heroes. I, I don't know who calls them heroes, but yeah, like, I'll have to look that up. It's not even that interesting. You know what? I'm not going to look it up. Fuck that. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at this goddamn movie. Like, <laughs> the best, though, I'm like, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, MC, for making you watch it, but goddamn it. It was so great. Just no, waited. I, I, like, played my, I played myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just I, I, knew, offered, I offered to watch it. I warned you, too. I, I was like, all right. Prepare yourself. Here it comes, and you win it anyway. So you're you're a brave man, sir. I'm I'm sure that yeah. you can take out a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses. There's so. I mean, I could have spent an afternoon writing a dissertation on that rather than watching watching this movie. Yeah, it would have been time better spent for sure. So, guys, it's another wonderful episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, we have our newest contributor, uh, Miss TK Walker. She's back. She was off doing various work-related things in various places that we cannot speak of, but she's back now. <laughs> Welcome Hi, back. guys. Welcome back. Big, huh? Thanks. And we brought her back for a special reason, too, because uh, there was a story that came out recently um, – that is like right in her wheelhouse when it comes to the whole like true crime murder mystery sort of thing. And uh, we are definitely going to be talking about that this evening. Um, but in conjunction with that, we're also going to be talking about, I, I got to talking with a buddy of mine from high school who was, um, he's, he's Asian and he was telling me about um, how growing up in the area that we grew up in, growing up in DC, because it's such a diverse area, you don't really understand how that can affect other people so like we're just used to it we're like oh we grew up around everybody so we're not as sensitive to certain things like the whole concept like i'll give you a perfect example when i joined the military i was talking to guys that were telling me they like they grew up in uh, one guy grew up in uh, rural missouri and he said that the first time he had ever seen a black person was when he joined the army and that was shocking to me i was like how like how how is that even possible and like these things that we take for granted, and once we get out into the world and we leave our hometown, and whether it go to join the military, you, you 
join the, uh, you go to college, you strike out on your own, you move to a different city, whatever it is, those things that we learned that first time out, the things that like you just kind of took for granted. So it'll be kind of a uh, an introspective uh, episode of GGR Pirate Radio. But as always, we find ways to make it funny and then make ridiculous jokes about the things that we make jokes about. Uh, as always, I've got my two tag team partners because it's a triple threat match is what it is. Uh, I've got MC Brooks, who is fresh from BlurredCon, so we'll get a little bit of a recap of what that was like, which you can actually hear his uh, recap of his time at BlurredCon on his episode of The Overflow, Um, but we'll talk to him a little bit about it on here, and I just mentioned his name. His name is MC Brooks. Hello. We've also got the co-founder of The Great Geek Refuge and the uh, first and foremost co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, His name is Steve Monick. Well, happy Friday night, everybody. Happy Friday night. It's going to be a great show, guys. Here we go. Let's kick this puppy off right now. GGR Pirate Radio is starting right now. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Start your computations for time warp. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn same. thing. So you just put him in the morgue. You goddamn right. It's called Pirate Radio. What we do it is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as only one did. $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If <laughs> you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. This is called Pirate Radio. Pain heels. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. Lady, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Poorly clever. Make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. This is called Pirate Radio. Before you start. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike, and this is the GGR Pirate Radio Network. We have so many shows that we do here on the Great Geek Refuge. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. There is a multitude of podcasts that we do. This one is the original. It's GGR Pirate Radio. In fact, we're going to be here at the diner. We're going to be talking about... Those deep philosophical conversations that you have when you're out with your friends at the diner, but we're also going to be talking about uh, some of the uh, kind of the darker side of things here too. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit here. There, there was a story that was in the news that I'll let uh, MC and TK kind of go into a little bit of detail later um, about that because I'm not 100% familiar. I don't even know where to start. It's so like shocking what happened. 
but we're going to start with the good stuff here too. We're going to start with the things that are kind of uplifting and uh, gives us a chance to reminisce and be nostalgic about our past. We're going to talk about those things that we learned uh, those first times out when we left home. Uh, when we went to college, when we joined the army, when we got our first job, when we moved away from home, whatever it was, those lessons and those takeaways that you got that first time out. So joining me on GGR Pirate Radio, and again, my name is Mike Lunsford. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Great Geek Refuge. I've got my co-host, the guy who co-founded this website and this podcast with me. His name is Steve Monaghan. This is awkward because I've literally never left my house. (laughs) (laughs) So we've also got uh, our third... Actually, I would say we're just a team. We're the three, the three amigos, the three musketeers when it comes to the hosts of GGR Pirate Radio, uh, and that would be MC Brooks is our third. Yeah, this is awkward because I've never been home. <laughs> <laughs> I love the disparity. It's great. We also have our newest contributor who is back from parts unknown uh, for work and various other things. Her name is TK Walker. Hi, guys. So, guys, let's, let's start off. On this, on this topic here, the, the topic du jour, uh, as it as it were. Um, the reason this came up is I had a buddy of mine who talked about how difficult it was for him growing up um, and not being in an area that was isolated. And that sounds weird. Like, that, that would be the good thing. You don't want to be isolated. You want to be exposed to a lot of different things. But it kind of insulates you, and it kind of, like, you don't really realize the sorts of things that you're saying that might be offensive because everybody just kind of like shrugs it off because it's just, it's just what it is. Especially when you're growing up, like you will purposely say things to your friends that might be considered offensive and growing up later and realizing like the things that you maybe should have stood up and said, Hey, this really isn't cool, man. Do we really have to make these jokes? Do we really have to say these sorts of things? And just like little things like that. Uh, For me growing up Jewish, I ran into this a lot where like, a perfect example, and I'm not going to name names, but like when I was in high school, there was a, a, a person I knew really, really well. We had known each other since elementary school, and he started making fun of one of the other kids. And we, it's something we all did, you know, we just made fun of each other. And he was making fun of one of the other kids, and he said, he was like, oh man, and look at him, he's so Jewish. And I looked at him, and I was like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, what do you mean what I mean? Look at him, he's, he's, he's just really Jewish. And I was like, dude, I'm Jewish. And he's like, oh, oh, and I didn't know that. And then it just got really, really quiet. And, like, at that point, you could feel, like, we, we literally stopped being as good friends at that point because I felt like it was because I he felt like I wasn't, like, white enough for him anymore. Like, I was too Jewish, and that's weird. And that sort of thing can really sour a friendship, obviously. But also, too, it's a lot of, a lot of times people don't realize the things that they say or the things that they do. Um, just because as a kid, a lot of times you'll say things just to be shocking. Right. So these are the sorts of things that I kind of want to talk about tonight, guys. Um that was like kind of my my first example there, and, and I and I mentioned it before too. There was a guy that was in my um, basic training unit who was from Missouri, and he was telling me that he had never actually met a black person, and that was incredibly shocking to me because growing up in the D.C. area, that's almost impossible. And I think the thing that really shocked me too is because when he told me that, I thought that he would just automatically be racist. And he wasn't. He really wasn't. Like, he was very accepting of it and very understanding of kind of how this works. Of, like, well, it doesn't matter. It's just a, you know, it's just a skin color. It doesn't mean anything. And that was very, very encouraging. Um, but, like, that was big for me, is that, like, the whole world was not like D.C. 
<laughs> that was kind of the lesson that I learned. And uh, that was a good example, but there were plenty of bad ones too. Um, let's start with, um, no, let's start with TK since you're our newest and uh, the oh. only lady currently on the, uh, on the payroll. Uh, which is funny because none of us get paid. Um, I was to say, she's getting paid? Yeah, wait a second. <laughs> um, what, what was the f like your first kind of thing that was, like, not shocking, but, yeah, shocking to you or was, like, a real, like, eye-opener? Like, that first time you, you either had to leave home or you left for college or, or whatever it was. The one that sticks out to me and going along that same thing with race, it, I know it's hard for you guys to comprehend, but... When I grew up, I grew up in a very, very small town. I'm talking like a thousand people max. And um, we had no, everyone was white. You know, you were born there, you were raised there. It was country, you know, all that stuff you see in movies. But um, so I went out and I remember my freshman year of college, my very first semester, it was like, you know, a month in and I was doing a criminal justice class. And we were doing um, mock lineups. So they were teaching us how to remember uh, like facial characteristics and things like that whenever to like identifiable things. So my ex-husband who was in my class with me and he was partnered with me, he had to go up and stand up with the guys. And our professor asked us, he said, okay so who can tell me what's different and he called on me and I was like oh I don't know and I you know he said well you don't think that Ricky looks different and I said well yeah a little bit and he was like so what makes him different and I said well because he's fat and my professor was like uh no so he was the only one that was Hispanic in the lineup and I remember how everybody just looked at me like I was so stupid and I thought, well, what does that matter? You know, like to me, it didn't like it didn't mean anything, you know. So it, that was the first time for me that I ever had to identify people by their race. And, you know, I was just always taught that we're all different, but never to identify people by race. And then I was being taught that you did have to identify people by race, that that was the first characteristic to point out, you know? So for me, that was kind of, it just, looking back at how, it, like how my family taught me and how other families teach people, you know, that's like one of the first things that they teach you is race. And for me, my family, everybody is exactly the same. You know, you may have brown eyes, you may have brown hair, you may, you know what I mean? But it was, it was never about race. And I wish that it, everyone could keep that, whatever that was that I had at like 18 years old, I wish the world had it because it was nice. I, I, I see what you're saying and, and, and not, I'm not saying that I think that that's wrong, but at the same time too, there's a lot of value in learning about all of the different cultures that are out there because in, in just in my neighborhood alone, because that's another factor of the DC of the DC area and, and MC can probably like uh, co-sign on this too, is you get exposed to a lot of military too. And it means that you will have some friends that you only know for like three or four years and then they move because their dads or their moms get reassigned. And there's a lot of like turnover because there's, there's just, everybody's moving all the time. And 
because of that, you get to meet people that have been all over the world. So you get exposed to everything. Like, I mean, I had um, the guys that moved across the street from me uh, in the house that I grew up in. They had, they had just gotten back from a tour of Japan and they were telling me about all the different cultures there, like all the different things that went on. And I remember they were like, here, try this seaweed snack. And I tried it and it made me throw up like immediately upon trying it. Like it, it was, you get so much different stuff that you never thought you would get. And you, you try different foods and you learn different customs. And it's, I just think it's cool because it's one of those things where it's like, if you get exposed to it early, it's not a big deal because you just know. It's just like, hey, it's just another thing. Whereas, yeah, that's, yeah your perspective was, was great, but like, yeah. Though, that was how my family was. Like, we had, I mean, we didn't have the military, you know, like you guys do here, but I was exposed. You know, I traveled a lot. I went to, um, like, legislative conferences with my uncle. So he would expose me to different cultures, and he would always make sure that, you know, I knew, like, holidays and things like that. But it was never about, oh, this these people are Hispanic. This is what they do. These people are black. This is what they do. It was like, oh no, these are my good friends from New Orleans. You know, they eat black eyed peas on New Year's Eve, just like we eat, you know, sauerkraut. And I'm like, oh, hey, that's cool. So it was never a race. It was like, that's what this family does. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Um, All right. Which was a totally different way that my family taught me than anyone than I did. I mean, i now I've been exposed to all different cultures even more, but it was just strange. The way that I was raised was a lot different than a lot of the other people in my area, I guess. Okay. I mean, that's that's fair, too, because honestly, like, from my perspective, the people who grew up in these small rural towns are the ones that you have to be like, oh, God, they're going to have all sorts of crazy racist <laughs> religious beliefs. Like, seriously, no, yeah, like, I'm serious. Like, I'm not, like... They do, too. Yeah. They really do. <sighs> I'm not trying to, like, pigeonhole or anything like that, but at the same time, too, like, it is something that we all tend to do where you're just kind of like, ooh, okay, so this is going to be fun. Um, but MC, tell, tell me a little bit about, like, some of your, your experiences, too, because, I mean, you went... You went from D.C. to Delaware, which doesn't sound like that's a, a, a huge thing, but like you're, you're getting all the people – you grew up in the D.C. area, and then you're having to deal with essentially – I would think most of the people that were there at Delaware Tech probably would have been um, – Or Delaware State. State I'm sorry. Uh, at Delaware State were probably all like Philly transplants would be my guess. Uh, well, the funny thing about Delaware State and – the funny thing about Delaware State and actually just Delaware in general is you get a bunch – you're getting people from like uh, a bunch of the a bunch of East Coast states. So you're getting Marylanders. Are you getting people from D.C.? You're getting it. You do get a bunch of Philly, but you're also getting a lot of Jersey and even some New York as well. And if I, I can use football as a reference, <clears throat> depending on which county uh, you live in in Delaware, kind of determines on what kind of people. So I was in Dover, which is which is Kent County. So in where I was. I got a lot of um, a lot of uh, Philly people, and a lot of um, was it Philly and Pittsburgh? That's what it was. I got Philly and Pittsburgh people primarily where I was. But if I had gone just like a couple towns over, I would have found more Maryland, uh, more Maryland DC uh, folks. That's and more D uh, Maryland, D more Baltimore. Excuse me, more Baltimore. DC area folks there and that was more of a skins ravens kind of thing so it kind of um it really kind of depended on on where you where you were 
but Dover itself is kind of like Dover itself is not a big town. It's more of a tourist kind of thing. Like people are really only there for uh, NASCAR and uh, what's the other thing? Oh, the casino. Oh yeah. So you get yeah. a lot. Of, you get a lot of out of town people. There's not not a huge uh, huge popu not a huge population of folks there. And honestly, um, one of my close friends from college, his name is Chris. Uh, used to tell me that there was like a running thing you know that if you if you were in dover like one of three things happened to you by the time you got out of high school you were either addicted to a major drug you had a kid or you were leaving and that was pretty much it <laughs> well the funny thing about dover too is dover has the air the air force base right there so that, yeah that too yeah there's a lot of of just transient nature just because there's the right there it's, military it's, yep yeah exactly yeah, do love Dover Air Force Base, dude. Did a lot of shopping there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you get the get on get on post and get all that cheap stuff, dude. That's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, and my best friend was stationed there while I was in school too. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Um, but it wasn't. But go, but being up there was definitely a cult was definitely a culture shock because um, where I lived in DC, where I lived in in Northeast DC, like it was it was predominantly black population. So for me. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything for me to have black teachers, you know, black doctors, uh, black police officers like the the peop the majority of the people I, I would see on the, like that was life. Like I, I just thought that that was just normal. And it wasn't really until I got to wasn't until I got to Delaware and I'm meeting people from all over the East Coast, a, a couple from the West Coast and even some of the locals there where it's like, oh, that's not everybody. I mean, for for as mixed as do as Dover is, it's still a it's a majority white place. Yeah. And and so many of the black people who are from there are really only befriending the black people that are there that are attending Delaware State because it was an HBCU. Gotcha. Yeah, I was actually going to ask. I thought it was, but I wanted to confirm. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Steve, for you, like you grew up in the Pittsburgh area and you went to school not too far from where you grew up. I mean, it was a few hours away, right? Yeah. In college. Yeah. So like I grew up, you know, Pittsburgh's on Western PA. Um, and it's roughly dead center on the Western side. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of the North of Pittsburgh and the South of Pittsburgh. And there's all kinds of different populations, both North and South. I grew up in a town called Greensburg, uh, which is close to like Latrobe, PA, and that's famous for Rolling Rock Brewery, Arnold Palmer, Mr. Rogers, stuff like that. Uh, so very close to that. I went to school north of the city, like an hour and a half, two hours north, and that's closer to Erie, like Lake Erie. So what was your... Geography lesson. <laughs> well, appreciate that. Thank you. Um, what was your, your big, like culture shock moment or your big like takeaway or the first like where it dawned you and you're like man this is nothing i was prepared for something i'm i wasn't expecting kind of kind of moment hmm not prepared for I, I mean i don't want this to sound arrogant like i don't think there was anything i wasn't prepared for um and like i knew like there were different things that i was going to encounter that i hadn't encountered for but you never really know like what that's going to feel like, like what that's going to be like until you actually have the experience. Um, so for me, I mean, in, I don't know. I, 
I never really uh, growing up and maybe it was just because of, you know, everyone wants to be cool or everyone wants to be like, not cool is not the right word. Everyone wants to be like not different. Um, so at least at the time, I don't think I knew a lot of gay people, um, be- whether they were or just there weren't people that were out. But, you know, in high school, it's a tough time. So I, I imagine there probably just were a lot of people who weren't out. And so meeting openly out gay people, like my first roommate just randomly paired up was I lived with um, gay men. You know, like we, we had a um, a club. It was called Men's Leadership. And there, you know, there was a gay guy that lived in our, our it was like a house of like eight guys. And he was one of them. And it was just like, wait, so you're just like a dude? You don't, you know, you're not like wearing like thongs and and, 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 and and like flouting around and, 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 you know, always just like, you know, throwing, you know, scarves over your shoulders and, and just like quippy one liners and stuff. Like you're just like a dude and we're going to talk about music right now. Like, um, and I think that was, I don't want to say like the biggest shock, but it's like, there's a certain portrayal. Like you watch like Will and Grace and that's what you're expecting. And then it's just a person like any other person that you're talking to and i was like huh i guess i kind of had my shields up and i probably shouldn't have but the only experience i had was this stereotypical media version of of a person and and actually talking with someone who's a real person (laughs) and not a fake version the same way as like you know any other stereotype if you've never actually met that person in real life you have a certain version built up in your head because that's what the world tells you that person is like and then you go oh you're you're all right <laughs> yeah i you, you brought up something that really reminded me of um of a few things like be i didn't have the same experience um as a lot of a lot of people a lot of people left for college a lot of people did whatever i i i was going to college but it, it was like it was local so it wasn't like a big thing i stayed at home like i didn't i didn't like actually live in the dorms i stayed with my folks and I dropped out of college to join the army after 9/11 happened. And the biggest shock for me was having to grow up. And I know that sounds stupid, but like, you, you're—it's surprising to think how often, if you're not prepared for it, you just rely on your parents being able to bail you out of something, or um, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to go home. You don't have that option when you join the military. Um, well, you do, but it's—it's it's not as easy as it thing as it sounds. And that was really, really difficult for me because this was hard. And I, it was the first time that I was really, really, really far away from my, my family. I had nobody to fall back on. But on top of that, too, like the fact that our country had just been attacked, it was already a really super emotional time anyways. So it was like it was like doubly scary. And like it was I, I, had, I had a really, really, really hard time adjusting the first like couple of weeks because especially too on top of that you're around like all these other people from all these other parts of the country so everybody gets sick those first like two or three weeks and like you just get these like nasty viruses and i got i don't even know what the hell it was it was like it was like bigfoot bigfoot influenza and (laughs) i was like i i couldn't breathe i was so stuffed up so there i therefore i couldn't sleep so I was like getting like three or four hours of sleep because I was up all night coughing and I was pissing everybody else off on my on my uh, squad because I was keeping them up because I was coughing all night. So like I ended up like we were running and I passed out because I couldn't breathe. 
and they thought that I, I faked it. They thought that I tripped myself to do it. And I was like, why would I purposely fall and hit my head on the ground? I was like, and they were like, we think you're a malingerer. That's like a fancy word for we think you're a faker. So like I went to the, I, they ended up sending me this thing called sick call, right? And the doctor is like, he has an upper respiratory infection. I'm surprised he didn't pass out earlier. He's like really, really, really dehydrated. So like I laid down and they gave me like, they gave me this weird like, like nasal spray and it immediately cleared up my nose. I have no idea what that shit was, but it was amazing. And I, I could actually breathe and they gave me, they ended up doing three full bags of saline fluid. That's how dehydrated I was. And like the lady like looked at me and like, cause I fell asleep. Cause it was like the first time I actually was able to breathe. I slept like for like two hours. And I woke up like with like a start and she was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I just, as long as I've slept and I'm afraid I was going to get yelled at. And she's like, go back to sleep. Like idiot. And like, <laughs> it was, it, it was crazy because it sounds dumb, but like getting through that first being sick without being like, mom, I'm sick. Can you get me some medicine by myself? I mean, granted, I had the help of, like, these nurses from sick call and stuff like that. But, like, I was able to run now because, like, they, they would make fun of me because I couldn't run because I couldn't breathe. And they were like, oh, how'd you get into the army? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you're a piece of shit. And after that, I was able to run. And they were just like, where the hell did this come from? And I was like, medicine? It's a novel concept? Like, <laughs> and it just, it was, it's crazy, like, how how much confidence you gain in yourself from doing things on your own. And, like, because of that, like, there are so many things that, like, for instance, like, our, our um, washing machine broke a few weeks ago. And my wife was like, oh, God, we're going to have to spend all this money to get a new one. We're going to have to pay a guy to get it, come out here and fix it. I was like, no, I got this. I'll, I'll figure it out. Because you have this confidence that you can do just about anything. If you're like, you know what, I, I got the wherewithal. I can figure this out. And I was able to fix it. I'm not, like, a genius or anything like that. But, like, having confidence in yourself is, is a skill that you that you can't even like you can't like go out and just get and it, it's so invaluable and it, it's without that i would i would i wouldn't be on this podcast with you guys right now i wouldn't ha have the job that i have right now i wouldn't have a the awesome wife and the amazing kids that i have like it's it, it's it's something that's invaluable and like i i way long-winded than everybody else on this one but like <laughs> It, it's it's one of those things where like I, I am mad at the military for some things obviously and mad at the government for some things but like it, without that I, I wouldn't be who I am today so um, I also owe them a debt of gratitude so that, that that's pretty it's pretty well said Mike I mean I think that's something that a lot of people underestimate they, they just think like well I gotta get a job and I gotta be an adult and pay bills and stuff and then you kind of realize like not everyone gets that right away and and sometimes having that catalyst that forces you to be an adult while the time probably doesn't feel the best yeah in the long run it's so much better for you and and that's coming from a guy who probably took a little too long to grow up well you, me and you both brother you know like i was i was 19 and just realizing that like oh i have to be responsible so yeah it's like some some people like it always blew me away that there were like kids I knew in high school that were like so well put together and they were like oh well I have this plan and I'm gonna go to college and I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna do that and I'm just like how the hell do you know all this stuff already like I don't even know what I want to do like I don't even know what I want to study like I just want to keep doing those drums. were the kids though when it, I remember when I went to college and you know there there were those kids they were like oh I'm majoring in this they knew what they were gonna do you know everything their whole life was planned out. And then the one girl was like, how do I do laundry? And I was like, 
you right? put the clothes in there and you turn it on. And she said, but oh my God, I have to put this all in this and this and this. And I said, it doesn't matter. Just throw it in there. <laughs> but what do I do with the soap? And I thought, how are you living your life right now? Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And yeah. <laughs> you have to be resourceful. This yeah. was also the same girl that didn't believe you could make macaroni and cheese without milk. And I said, hey, yeah, just water. It's good. You don't need milk. <laughs> She's like, bullshit. There's no way. I, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be resourceful, man. I th- I bet you she learned more from me in college than she did from all of the studies. Yeah. So, <laughs> between laundry and macaroni and cheese. Oh, gosh. Sorry, guys. My dogs. You're fine. <laughs> there, there's a lot of things that you do take for granted, though. Like... Did you guys all learn how to cook when you were growing up? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, so, like, when you were on your own, that like, your your first time, you could function. Like, you could make something if you needed to. It wasn't just, like, putting stuff in the microwave or going out to eat all the time. You could make a meal if you had to. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 Everything in the microwave. I don't use the <laughs> stove, but everything in the microwave. But that's just by, that's by choice, though, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. 100% by choice because you, you only have to dirty one dish. Yeah. So, side note, like, my, my grandmother grew up in the Depression, but um, was, like, always, uh, like, uh, she was astounded by the microwave. Like, she thought it was the most incredible thing that had ever been created on, on God's green earth. And, like... She like she had like all of these contraptions that you would buy on like QVC and shit for microwaving things. So it was like a bacon rack. So you put bacon in the microwave and like this little thing where you could make an egg and like it was just. It, I have them all. Yeah, right. I like, make spaghetti in the microwave. It's phenomenal. I make cakes in the microwave. You can make anything in the microwave. I, I'm so serious. You and my you and my grandma Roz would be best friends. TK. Oh yes, the like... bacon plate is amazing. The bacon plate Holy is the shit, best thing. You know Does, about she the bacon save... plate. <laughs> Does she save her bacon plate? Does she save the grease? Like you just pour the grease into a jar? Into like an old coffee can, use... yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. My yep, parents still do that. Your grandparents still do that, MC? <laughs> I, no, my regular parents still do that. <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to use it for, but like yeah, you just keep it in a keep it in a can for some reason. No, you use it you mix a little bit in with your eggs when you microwave your eggs or if you oh, fry God. something, then you mix it in with that. It's delicious. Bacon grease is good for everything. Oh, it is. Yeah. I, like whenever we make bacon, if, if there's leftover grease, I'll, I'll make eggs in them or I'll do I'll do hash browns in them because you use the bacon grease for the potatoes and it soaks up all the grease and it's amazing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was just it was kind of cool, like reminiscing with a buddy of mine that we that both grew. We both grew up in the same area and we were just talking about these things that like when we got out in the world, we were just like, wow, I didn't realize that other people had a hard time with this. And like. One of the things, and then like we'll kind of circle back and everybody can kind of give any more examples or stories they have. But one of the things for me was like growing up in an area where you think that everybody's pretty open-minded. I really, I actually hid the fact that I was Jewish a lot because like that conversation that I explained earlier, um, I saw people that I thought were like, you know, cool or like that I thought were my friends say horrible things about people because they were Jewish. And it was like, I'm just not going to open myself up for this. And I'm, I, it's like one of those things that I'm ashamed of. Like, I'm ashamed that I didn't stand up and I wasn't like, hey, this is messed up, man. Like, you shouldn't be doing this and kind of like, quote unquote, defend my people. But like, high school is a weird time, man. You're more focused on trying to be cool. And it's, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little ashamed of that. And like, if it's one of those things that if I could go back and fix, I definitely would. And 
because um, now as an adult I'm definitely not ashamed of it at all um, in fact now that both my mom and my grandmother who are like my closest connections to being Jewish are, are no longer here I feel like it's like an obligation like it's a duty that I have to share this with Jax and teach him what it is to be Jewish like what it means that it's not just a religion it's also part of it's a culture and like you need to know your her your heritage and your past those sorts of things and, and honor that but um were there any things that you guys had like that and we'll start we'll go in reverse this time we'll let Steve go first um, was there anything that you're just kind of like, man, I really wish that I had done this a little bit differently growing up? Probably just, I don't know. I mean, I spent a lot of time doing the same activities. Uh, I played a lot of sports. Um, you know, I watched a lot of movies, played a lot of video games, like your, your typical, like hang out with friends things, you know, just going to places to spend time and have the same conversations and while i don't regret any of those times there are times i wish i had other experiences just more broad and wider experiences oh, than you. your typical like high school fair of things that people do um you know just and there were times where i'd get into like a club like i was in a club called youth and government and we would practice debating you know different policies writing bills uh, we'd have like a mock forum in Harrisburg and the actual like state capital and, you know, debate people from around the, the country and stuff like that. And then I was like, why didn't I do more stuff like that? Where it's like I can have something where I can go back and, well, wow, that was really fun. And I learned a skill and met new people and things like that. And while I don't regret, you know, reading comic books and talking to my buddy about the new Spider-Man issue or anything, because we had a lot of good times and conversations that way. There were definitely times where I'm like, I wasted a tremendous amount of time where I could probably be a, <laughs> you know, a, a, a more well-rounded person, I guess. I, I, you know, honestly, it's funny. I actually feel almost the exact opposite because I couldn't peg one thing down. So, like, I did, I played football, I played baseball, I wrestled, I did drama club, I was in the TV production club, I was in the creative writing group, I was in, like, all of these different clubs, and I didn't have one thing, and I've thought to myself many times where I'm like, man, you know, if I had just really, like, focused on football, I might have really enjoyed that, or I might have, I might have been good, I might have been able to play in college or something like that, but, like, I, I did the other way around, and, you know, instead of just, you know, saying, like, oh, I'll order the steak, I was like, wait, there's a buffet option, I'm gonna do the buffet option. And just got a little bit of everything. It's funny how different people like come at the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the same options. <laughs> yeah, I was the same I was the same as Mike in high school. I was I was literally doing everything. I was part of the Dematha Players, which was our drama club. Uh, it was an anime club, chess club. I I didn't play chess. I was just there to hang out. Um <laughs> uh, you know, I like I was involved with, with so with so much uh, so much stuff then I got to college and like I just kind of didn't really do anything um, and I'm, I'm honestly not entirely sure like why I didn't involve myself in as much stuff as I was and I don't know if it was partially like the, the, the culture shock of you know I'm away from home and I'm away from all the people I know and everything that I know and own and all I have is just the, the, the crap that I brought with me in my room um, but uh Excuse me. I, I was the opposite. Like it, it took a while for, I would say it, it the first two years of school. Like I didn't really involve myself in much of anything, and I kind of slowly but surely started to, you know, kind of ingratiate myself with with stuff on campus. I joined the the the, the campus radio station. Um, I started I started um, 
hanging out with people who were in the band, even though I couldn't join. Like, like I was part of the, the spoken word uh, spoken word club. I got involved with the uh, Dell State's NAACP chapter. Like I, I started doing doing more eventually, but I, I kind of wish I had done a little bit more earlier. And 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 I honestly, I probably would have focused a bit more on um, the radio stuff because I, I didn't really do the networking and stuff in college that you know so many others did. Honestly, though, man, between what y'all did with uh, Rachel True and then the podcast you did uh, about BlurredCon, like, I don't think you missed anything, man, because you, cause you did it. You guys did a damn good job. And I, I want just a quick aside. I wanted to applaud you for that because, like, you blew it up at BlurredCon. Like, our Twitter had acted like nobody uses our Twitter ever. Like, you used our Twitter, like our Instagram. We got people following us now. We had a whole bunch of people like us on Facebook. Like, you did work, and it was impressive. <laughs> so I just I wanted to applaud you for that, man. You did a great job uh, representing GGR. And, like, it was it was awesome, dude. And I'm just I couldn't be I couldn't be more proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, man. Of course. Um, Miss uh, TK Walker, um, were there any regrets that you had? Anything that you were like, man, I wish I had done this a little bit differently, or I wish I had changed this? I wish I would have played a musical instrument. That's it. I, like all the time, I wish that I would have done that, and I just didn't. I didn't have the, I didn't have the patience or the tolerance or anything when I was a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I definitely did not. But yeah, I would. I yeah, wish that I always. I always wish that I had picked up the guitar and at least tried to learn how to play the guitar, but I never did. So it's not too late, guys. Guitar, and I tried. My entire family, you know, my everyone in my family plays guitar, and they tried to teach me numerous times, and I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and um, the only other thing I wish that I would have played football. I signed up um, middle school. I wanted to play football so bad, and everybody talked me out of it. They're like, "Girls can't do that." Da, 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 da. And looking back on it, I wish I would have so much. I feel like it would have been groundbreaking. Absolutely, but, especially because uh, we we. I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, okay. Mike and I have been uh, uh, kind of really focused in on uh, the women's football team, especially the local team here. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the DC Divas. I went to a couple of their games last year, and, like, it, it was – those girls kick ass. <laughs> yeah. No, they totally do. And, like, you want to talk about a love for a sport, man. They don't make anything. Like, they are they, – they have day jobs. Like, it is <laughs> – like, you really yeah. got to love football to put that kind of – basically, you're, you're putting yourself on the line because you injure yourself – bad enough you're not gonna be able to go to work and they're putting that on the line for the love of a sport and that's just like it's it's so admirable and like yeah and these girls are amazing like they yeah this is like a dc football team you can be proud of for a change and it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i I remember their their former quarterback she's a pi by day they did a um like an expose on her for I think it was USA Nine, yeah. Where they she spoke about like, oh yeah, I'm a PI, you know, I work all these hours during you know during the day, and then at night I drive three hours to Richmond to go to practice. That's like that's like some shit on a comic book, man. I'm a private investigator yeah. by day and a football player by night. Like, it's like... yeah. Hey, you you know who we could uh, we could talk to about this? Who's that? Hazel. Hazel used to play. Oh, she did. She, 
She played for Cleveland. Well, there you go. And you know what? She's one of our, our contributors. She's the one that did the interview with Rachel True. So we got to have her on again anyways because we got to just we got to pick her brain because now we got all these new people doing new stuff, talking about anime, interviewing famous people and shit. Like, it's awesome. Um, guys, this was, this was fun. I, I really enjoyed kind of hearing a little bit about what, like, it's because, like, you, we all met each other as adults. So, like, I don't know anything about you guys as kids. And it's cool, like, just imagining, like, the different things that we all had to go through and, like, just kind of getting some insight onto these these awesome people that I love hanging out with on every Friday night. Um, I just, like, that's, that's the big thing with this, too, is, like, I, I've met some people who, like, or, like, I haven't met them, but, like, people I already <laughs> knew um, from high school who, like, still live in the same hometown. And, like... I don't, I'm not disparaging them in any way, shape, or form. You know, if that's what you, if that's your thing, that's cool. But like, you, you miss so much if you don't get outside, if you don't get outside of that little bubble, because the world is really, it really is a different place. And there's so many things that you can see and so many things that you can do. And it, it's just such a, I, I feel bad for those people that they didn't get to experience the world any, um, except for like little isolated bursts where they maybe went on vacation and things like that. And, um, I mean, it's different for those who, like, went to college and, like, moved away and then came back. That's different. But, like, those who were, like, have never left their hometowns, it's like, I, I just, wow. How, how did you manage that, first off? Um, but, guys, thank you so much for being part of our, uh, our Great Geek Refuge family here. Um, we always appreciate you listening. We appreciate the comments. We appreciate the shares on Facebook, on Twitter, all that stuff. Um, stay tuned. We got more awesome stuff coming up here. Um, lots of wonderful things that we'll be doing and for all of us here for, for TK, for Steve, for MC uh, and myself, Mike Lunds this has been another episode of GGR Pirate Radio and uh, be nice to each other guys don't be juice bags Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more podcasts and our awesome articles Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>